You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Heather Caro, and I am joined by my new co-host this morning, Chris Motes. We're broadcasting today from the Diocese of Sioux Falls, from the Pastoral Center, and Chris Motes' office, I'm assuming. I no, I'm actually just on the block. I in order to just not expose people at the office, we're we're pending a COVID test right now. We think it's probably neg- negative, but out of an abundance of caution. Although Heather, I will tell you, I am um, about two stones throw from you right now. I don't know if you knew this, but I live just on the block. I did know so, that because there was one yeah. time that you were a guest on the show, and I'm like, hey, why aren't you here live in person? And you're like, I don't know, <laughs> and I'm like, well, jog on down. <laughs> Yeah, so I did. Um, we're, we're close enough, actually. So last last year, Corpus Christi, we did our procession at the parish inside the church this year, and everybody just stayed in place. But yeah. the last couple of years, the Corpus Christi procession was outside, and I and I, I talked Father Tim Smith into <laughs> expanding the procession. I wanted no the, my way. house to be. I wanted my house to be in the loop, you know, like I inside the force field. I so love they, it. So they expanded it by a block and. Just to get that extra mm, yeah, Corpus Christi procession grace around. It's not the house. what you know; it's who you know. I tell you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited that you agreed to try co-hosting with me, and um, so for those that aren't familiar with you, you've been on Real Presence Radio quite a few times. Tell the folks um, what it is you do for the state of South Dakota. I, um, my name is Chris Motes, and I'm the director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference, which is an organization founded in 2017 by the then bishops of Rapid City and Sioux Falls, Bishop Robert Gruss and Bishop Paul Swain. And a Catholic Conference is an organization that represents the bishops of any given state on matters of public policy. So I, I serve as a, a resource to folks in government uh, and, and citizens alike, just providing explanations of, of how the, the church's moral and ethical f- framework can really help bring light to the issues of the day and just mm-hmm. provide a... a you know, a, a framework for for right living and harmony in society. It's it's great work. I love it. I've been at it for coming up on on three years now. I'm I'm married with uh, four four kids, uh, and we're all quarantined together. But well, we thought we were maybe <laughs> done with this. I had gone back to the office, and we we're kind of getting out and about. But uh, my my wife is a little ill. It's nothing too serious, but just to be safe, we did get a test. We're we're kind of thinking about hosting some company on on, on this weekend. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm just being safe. Yeah, yeah just well, being safe. I'm excited to have you as a co-host. And you also started a new blog. Did I see that? Mm, new video, well, we started, podcast? We, yeah, we started, so last fall, um, started podcasting a little bit, about once a month. Mm-hmm. And then just, just on June 1st, um, we, we ramped it up to once a week. And Real Presence Radio started started broadcasting Tuesday nights mm-hmm. at I think it's eight central, eight central seven Mountain Time. Yeah. So and that's been that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, you know the South Dakota Catholic Conference is is a staff of one. It's just me. I was a little concerned, like, oh, am I going to have? Gonna <laughs> fun Are but, you going to have anything so to far, talk about? <laughs> it's so much fun. It's yeah. it's just been great. You know, the first couple of uh, just. Reflecting on our last month of of broadcasting, the first we we had Bishop DeGrudon as our first guest, and then uh, Father Malloy uh, the oh. next week. 
So th- th- they were just great. And I, I'm curious now because Father Malloy is now Bishop-elect Malloy. I know. Um, named to serve up in Duluth. And I wonder if he knew when we were on the phone. And he's like, oh. like you know, they have, they have to keep these secrets for a couple weeks. Until <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I love it. I love and it. And then uh, who was after that? Ah, there's, oh, this was, I was totally like geeking out for this episode. But there's a, a Thomas <laughs> More expert that I had oh, on the show. And we just talked just about St. Thomas More. Yeah. It was his feast day two days ago, and so this he's literally a world-class expert, got on Zoom with me and, and did a, and I was just like giggling like a, like a little boy <laughs> the whole time. I was so excited because St. Saint, Saint Thomas More is one of my patrons, one of my favorite saints. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then uh, just last week, uh, Professor John Schaff teaches at Northern State University, huh. and he is a great... Um, he loves St. Augustine. So we're kind of doing a little bit of, and Professor Schaff will be on more of a, a series. Um, uh, so he'll be on once a month with me. Oh, And we're nice. going to be talking about St. Augustine and City of God for the next couple of episodes. So, yeah, it's been great to be um, grateful for Real Presence Radio kind of giving me the How the fun kick. is that? Yeah. Um, Here. Here. So. Here's a big yeah. audience. There you go. Knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love it. It's, I'm just going for it. Awesome. But. I love it. I love it. Well, and this week um, is a week that we've been talking about for many years. Um, this is also known as Religious Freedom Week. What was it normally called back in the day? Uh, when yeah, I used so they, to, <laughs> we used to gather in large right. groups for this. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Catholics might remember it was maybe 2012 that the USCCB, so the National Bishops Conference, they started something called the Fortnight for Freedom, and it was in response um, largely to just coercive pressure that was being put on uh, people of faith on on churches. Um, we might remember the Affordable Care Act, maybe more commonly known as mm-hmm. Obamacare, and there were. You know, by and large, that's something. It was something that was really laudatory, like access to health care, especially for people who the poor, the poor who couldn't otherwise uh, access it. But there were some provisions in it that were really coercive of of Catholic hospitals, Catholic employers, trying to force people to to pay for abortion, to force mm-hmm. people to pay for contraception. And it's like we just we, we can't do that. Right. I mean, we can make a case based on on reason as to why that's that's just wrong to begin with to do those things but but even as a matter of religious freedom like you can't coerce us into doing that well and i can remember back in the day and and you can help piece this together for my um human brain here because i remember um protesting against the hhs mandate so where are we at with that can you kind of update us you know it's been a long long journey on on that um and and after um so we're now three and a half years into um, President Trump's administration, and HHS just recently has been tweaking some some more of its uh, regulations. Um, so it's it's better is is the short answer is is we are not where we were um, seven eight years ago in terms of mm-hmm. of the the legal requirements that we just couldn't comply for. Right. You know, you've got the um, these um, little sisters of the poor. All they want to do is is provide care for people who can't uh, afford care for themselves. You know, caring mm-hmm. for the indigent at the end of their lives, and they're being told that their em- employer health plan, because they employ lay employees also, mm-hmm. they're being told that their employer health plan needs to cover contraception, and it 
that's like such a bizarre requirement to put upon a person of faith because as the lawyers who have litigated these cases have pointed out, it's not like contraception is hard to find in America or is somehow um, such a, a huge cost or is expensive. You know, it yeah, costs, it's not know, like insulin or anything. No, it's like, you know, <laughs> seven bucks a month. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that it's a good thing. Uh, we could talk right. about, you know, what it does to the family. But, but it, it really goes to show that, you know, within some of these regulations, there's kind of just a bit of, I mean, maybe it would be too far to say it's malice, but it's like, why, you know, what's really the purpose here? Why mm-hmm. do you really need mm-hmm. to, to twist the, these poor little sisters' arms? Um, yeah. Who, and, and these sisters, God bless them, they're not going to let their arms twisted. They've really, they've really stuck this thing, uh, thing through. So. Yeah. Yeah, but um, that, that was kind of the origin maybe eight years ago of, of okay. the Fortnite for Freedom, which brings us to where we are today. I, a couple years ago, they they switched it up, and I, I think they're maybe like nobody knows what a Fortnite is. <laughs> Let's do a week instead. And now it's exactly. all, only teenagers know what it is now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that a video game? We no. better do a week instead. No, I don't know exactly, but we are yeah. doing a week instead. Religious Freedom Week. It started. It started on the feast of Saint Thomas More and, and Bishop John Fisher. I love it. Uh, Saint Bishop John Fisher on Perfect. June 22nd, and, ru- and runs through the 29th of June. Uh, feasts of Saint Peter and Paul. Okay. So, so what does that mean for us Catholics? What should we be thinking about? What should we be doing? Is there anything special? Um, Religious Freedom Week. You know, there there are a, a lot of things that we could th- we could think about. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a book, I can't remember the name of the book, uh, a reporter, a journalist by the name of John Allen. He now writes for a, an online news platform called Crux, but he's he's been a, had a long career reporting on Catholic matters. He wrote a book a couple couple years ago, I don't know, three, four, five years ago, um, in, in which he did all the research around the world and really showed us that the the most recent century has been the most deadly century in all of history for Christians. So just think about that for a minute. Um, we can think about that in the context of our of our own country, you know, America. Nobody's nobody's coming after us in, with a like a violent persecution, and we have a lot to be grateful for uh, in that. But just even out of a sense of solidarity, um, mm-hmm. like prayerful solidarity with other Christians around the world. Just to know that um, in 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 places in the Middle East, um, in in Asia, in Africa, um, to be a to be a Christian, to be a disciple of Jesus, is a decision that could cost you your life. Um, so I think it's important to just really think about that for for a minute and what that would mean, and to ask oneself. Would I have the courage, you know, if I was living in Pakistan um, mm-hmm. or, or wherever, India, uh, Nigeria, would I have the courage, would I have the courage to profess faith in Jesus to, in, in all its implications? Um, I've been kind of on a, just, I, I love to read in my, some of my reading, I've been on a martyr kick lately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these martyrs are so just central to our, our faith. Um, there's, there's a, there were 21 Coptic Christians, so not Roman Catholic, but um, Orthodox Coptic. 21 of them were, 
were martyred in Libya, I think it was a couple of years ago. Now that made news that was, you know, at the hands of ISIS. Just recently I finished, just last night, finished a book on a man named Blessed Charles Foucault, who the Vatican yeah. just announced a couple of weeks ago. He's going to be Saint Charles Foucault. He was martyred in Algeria in 1916. So I think, you know, one thing we can do is just, um, yeah, re reflect and pray about martyrdom. Um, well, and but I think also, to, to, to be aware that it still exists today. Yeah. It's yeah. not a thing of the past. It's not um, something we read in the history books from Joan of Arc's days, but it's a current event. Yeah, that's that's right. And, and religious freedom even, it's not, uh, sometimes it's easy to kind of gloss over what it is, like its nature, its essence. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's freedom, um, religious freedom doesn't exist, doesn't exist like just for itself. Like, oh, we have religious freedom and that's good enough. No, it exists so that we can use it, right? So then we have to ask ourselves like, well, if, if this freedom exists so that we can use it as Catholics, how do we use it? You know, how do we, um, how do we really use, use this freedom to the full uh, in the place where we are? Um, and there, you know, there can be a million and one ways, you know, everybody's got to just pray and figure out how they, uh, how they're going to use the freedom. But, and I think that can be, you know, I think that can be hard for us as Americans sometimes because we have this word freedom. Mm -hmm. that we love as Americans. Mm -hmm. And it's sometimes the way that we use it as Americans doesn't quite capture the fullness of the way we understand it as Catholics. Because sometimes as Americans, we just kind of think like, it's a free country, do what you want. You know, like, like freedom yeah. is just the ability to like, do whatever you want. Right. And to, to a certain extent, like, okay, that can be true, but that's such a, the catechism talks, I, th I think its term is the perfection of freedom. Or, or fr freedom needs to be completed through our actions. So the, it always begs the question: How are we using it? Um, and if you, you know, wh where do you start with how to use it? I think, I think by choosing um, this week as Religious Freedom Week, the USCCB has given us a couple of examples to reflect on, so we can go back to St. Thomas More, St. John Fisher, and think about well, how did they use religious freedom? Like how did how were they living their their lives as Catholics, or to even even at the other end of the week, June 29th, we're going to close out Religious Freedom Week. How, how did how did Saint Peter uh, how did he live the faith? Saint Paul, so how, how does, did he live it? How does the Church define freedom differently than Americans? You know, it. it um, I think within our within our founding documents, the Declaration of Independence, we do see. We do see a, a freedom in a, in a sense that, that we can really identify with as Catholics. You know, they talk about um, nature and nature's God. Like the, natu the natural law, which is something that we as Catholics really would, would recognize and agree with, mm -hmm. is, is present within the, the Declaration of Independence. And this is something even, you know, 140, 150 years ago as Catholicism was growing in our country, there was uh, an assembly of all the nation's bishops in Baltimore, and this was, I don't know, the 18, 1880s. I'm kind of paraphrasing the story here mm -hmm. uh, offhand. But they, after their assembly, they, they gave a report. They sent a report back to the Holy Father in Rome, 
and they wrote that America's uh, America's founders built better than they knew, and they they weren't meaning to be um, like insulting, like they didn't know how to build, but that there there is sort of a, a rightful recognition that the church has been around for you know at that point 1900 years she's an expert in humanity as uh pope saint paul the sixth would put it later the church has just got a lot of wisdom mm-hmm. and here are these uh these founders of america it's a very at this point a very new country only a hundred years old it's still a new country in the history of the world right even today but how did they how did they construct something so how, how did they how did they order something so well and the bishops were just like impressed uh, as churchmen and that oh wow these guys built better than they knew so even within the american founding there's a conception of freedom that is that is really beautiful and and we can recognize goodness in it um what what i what i think can be problematic is a conception of freedom that is is more of um the last couple of decades and it's summed up in a famous supreme court case from 19 is it 91 uh justice anthony kennedy this is plan planned parenthood versus casey he he says at the heart of liberty um essentially i'm paraphrasing here at the heart of liberty is is the right to define um one's own concept of of existence hmm. so that so that liberty becomes whatever you want is freedom like and this is i think we could fast forward maybe 14 15 years to when pope benedict joseph ratzinger was elected in at the opening mass to the conclave that would elect him pope following the death of saint john paul the great um in that homily cardinal ratzinger preached the homily and what he what he preached on was was relativism the dictatorship of relativism yeah. and how harmful that is to our world today so i guess when i say that we maybe have these different conceptions of freedom yeah. on the one hand it can be tempting for us as modern americans to take a relativistic view of freedom it is whatever you want it to be use it however you wish and we it uh, however you use it is good and that is mm. for us as catholics is mm. fundamentally false well i mean the, Look at the look at you know what if St. Thomas More were alive today? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I mean, you look at why he died or why he was martyred, why he was killed, and then you bring that into today. I mean, what a huge difference today. Right. You know, society society was very very different then. Um Christendom existed. Christendom just meaning a, a culture that was broadly Christian. Uh, people, people readily identified. Um, everybody was baptized first of all, and people readily identified that with the with the values of the church and the and and the moral and ethical framework that she proposes to the public square as like a framework for healthy right ordered living mm-hmm. and that that existed w- widely and and we can we can say today that christendom is 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 over with you know that was said in our own country by venerable fulton sheen um it's something that saint john paul ii recognized and that's that's frankly why saint john paul ii announced a new evangelization recognizing a need to actually re-evangelize countries that have already received the Christian proposition, 
but aren't living it anymore. They need a re-evangelization, a new evangelization, mm-hmm. new, in its, uh, new in its methods and its ardor. Um, so I, I think that when I think about the, my, you know, just my work with the Catholic Conference and, and what can we do this Religious Freedom Week as Catholics, I, I think that um, we can just think about how can, what does Religious Freedom Week mean for the new evangelization and how can each one of us as Catholics and as citizens really seek to live in our country as missionaries, as as we're called to do. Um, um, That can be a little scary, can Mm -hmm. it? Yeah, well, and I'm thinking about the, um, just the definition of religious freedom and how... um, you know, as Catholics today, and you look at all these different countries around the world, and it's not that they haven't heard about Jesus Christ, it's that they have heard about Jesus Christ, and they've said no. And that's kind of a terrifying place to be, I think. Um, And so, with this new evangelization, um, Pope John Paul, what do you think was he, was was he trying to re-energize us, or what do you think his... Um, thoughts on that were because it's not so much people not knowing at this point yeah um, yes so to re-energize us but one of the things that's been lost in in modern life um, and I think this is maybe the fathers of the Second Vatican Council recognized this was this there's a great gulf between faith and everyday life something that Dr. Mm. Chris Bergwald has been just kind of talking a little bit about lately. Mm-hmm. And that's the great, that's the great challenge, is to, is to bridge this gulf between faith and everyday life so that we're living as, as completely whole, integrated persons. And so, um, and, and St. John Paul II is, is building on those who came before to a certain extent. Um, Pope Paul VI talked about, St. Pope Paul VI talked about just the need for um, people to actually be witnesses. You know, people don't listen to, to teachers anymore. Um, they only listen to witnesses and they'll only listen to teachers insofar as they are witnesses. Mm-hmm. So the challenge, the challenge I think that St. John Paul II, um, I mean, he was really throwing down the gauntlet and uh, like, hey, this is, this is what it means. This is the great adventure of, of living the Christian life, and I think the one of the ways we can see his, just the fruit of his pontificate bear out is in all the young people that really responded to, to his call, to, mm-hmm. to live nobly, to, to take on the great adventure of the Christian life. You know, so many young people had just powerful experiences and responded with, with generosity through the World Youth Days that, that he inaugurated. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever been to one of those, by the way? I was I was at Denver. Denver, okay. Yeah, and it was quite the experience to be able to go and and I'll do a little shout out because when I was in high school, um, Bishop Charles Chaput was my bishop, and he was the one that got us on the trip to go and and Dr. Suri and Dr. Tim Gray and. All these other gentlemen weren't doctors yet, but they came with us. So it was like the most epic pilgrimage ever. <laughs> That's 
awesome. <laughs> Starting our mornings with prayers with Father Tim Gray, or Father, Dr. Tim Gray, you know, is just like, oh my gosh. At the time, I was too young to understand. But what a powerful way to feel like we were one body mm. and that we all belonged to this one church and how vast this one church is. And then to feel the love of John Paul was, you know, you can't describe it. Yeah. That's, I, I've, I never went to one with uh, John Paul. I went uh, 2011. I was a law student at the time, but went um, to Madrid with wow. Pope Benedict. And similar sort of thing where it's just like this epic you just kind of feel like you're in this, um, you know, there are, there's over a million or however many, you know, millions, mm-hmm. I guess I'm not sure how many young people and you, and you're all, we were in this huge field by the airport mm-hmm. outside Madrid and this, this, this like raging storm came up while we we're all adoring. We just had this, there, there was this common sense of like, wow, we're in this grand army with such a noble mission of, of service and worship. And uh, it was incredible. And so I, if I can kind of bring it back to this, like, what does this mean for, you know, South Dakota for Religious Freedom Week is, I think that we can also take take on, like, you know, the, these moments, the World Youth Days, these, these big rallies, these, whatever it might be in our own life, these retreats where we kind of just get this sense of, this, of rejuvenation in the faith or, or mission, but these can really bear themselves out. Um, even in our in our life as citizens, living our faith to the full, you know, like our our country really needs us mm-hmm. to be fully who we are as as Catholics. Yeah. Um, well, and you know, as you were talking, and I was just thinking about how different things are today and how um, difficult they can seem. You know, when you look at some of the things that have become quote-unquote normal and the things that we're fighting over that just seem really basic things of humanity that now we're arguing about and we're like, how in the world did we get here, you know? And how did our society fall so far? And it makes it feel like it's harder than it's ever been to lead a Christian life. But then you reminded me, we're not in this alone, I mean, look at the millions of people that went to World Youth Days. And I think yeah. that's a great reminder. Yeah. Yeah, the um the when when the when we get the Lord as a when, when we get God as a father, our father gives us brothers and sisters, you know? So all mm. the all the baptized, we're we're in this together. Um but and I totally sympathize with with your experience of like, oh, how did we get here? This is what, awful. we're talking about. What <laughs> I got a I got a I can I confession to make? Absolutely. Um, last week, last week there was this big Supreme Court decision, um, Bostock. It was called. It combined together some other cases, but this big Supreme Court decision came out that it was just like bad. I mean, it was mm. it it was such a and we don't have time right now to go into all, like all the details of the case. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually do a whole show, faith and politics, with uh, Jason Atkins in July. Oh, perfect! On on this decision. Okay. Uh, Jason is the director of the Minnesota Catholic Conference, but it was just like one of those crushing defeats where I was just like having a bad week. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, but, really, we're here, right? Yeah, re- really, we're here. But, um, <laughs> like, that's not the, uh, like, that's not the, it would, I can't stay like that. And what, what, what lifts me out of that is just, you know, like, okay, uh, go, going to pray. You know, I live near mm-hmm. this beautiful cathedral. I live near this little monastery of perpetually adoring sisters. And then just, like, you know, sharing my sorrows and, and experiencing, like, some fraternity with, with other Christians. Um, that, that gives me joy and can, uh, can help me, um, can help me <laughs> Keep deal moving with on. my sorrows. <laughs> Yeah, right. So. Keep moving forward. <laughs> well, Chris, I'm grateful that uh, you've shared Religious Freedom Week with us. And for those that missed um, his podcast, you can find it on realpresenceradio.com. Um, really fun stuff, and you can listen to some old episodes on there even. So we're going to take a quick break here in just a minute. Any last thoughts before we're done with Religious Freedom Week? No, it's no, uh, we're good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> okay, all right, folks. Well, when we when we return after this break, what place should technology have in our lives? We're going to be talking with Dawn Wolf next, and I'm really excited to get some advice from her that I can use and that I can use on my 17 year old daughter. So, uh, be sure to stay tuned, and we'll get more information from Dawn Wolf, and then we'll be talking on. Uh, later on in the show with Bishop John Quinn from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. So stay right there. We'll be right back after this break. Mm-hmm. 